The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We're not turning back. It's not an easy journey. It's not a journey for people who are cowardly. Jesus said the cowardly would, <clears throat> would have no part with him in the kingdom of God. This is for those who are willing to pay the price. Somebody said to me today, Pastor, I'd like to be like you. My response was, are you willing to pay the price? There's a price to follow Jesus. People say, God is good. I respond inappropriately. Yes, and God is tough. Oh, he's gentle, he's kind, he's merciful, he's good, he is all of that. But oh, let's not forget, the God we serve is also tough. He is just he expects us to lay our lives down and follow him. Let's pray as we begin this study in the book of James. Lord Jesus, I do love you, and you are my strength. You are my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. You are the rock in whom I take refuge. You are my shield and the horn of my salvation. You are my stronghold, Jesus. And I cry out to you. You who are worthy of praise and honor and glory. I cry out to you because without you, I am nothing. You are everything to me, Jesus. Would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit and would you deal today with each person who listens to this broadcast? Would you come in power today and move in our hearts? Would you unfold for us the journey we are called to take, not ducking the valley of Baca, the valley of tears, but instead, by your power, making it a place of springs, a place of deliverance, where the desert now begins to blossom. Lord, some who come to listen today are discouraged in their hearts. Some are beaten down. Some are in very trying circumstances. 
Lord, would you be, would you be our rock? Would you be our strength? Would you order our steps according to your will? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Pastor James, James the Just, James the brother of Jesus, the pastor of the New Testament church, speaks very boldly. Verse 21, chapter 1, verse 21, Therefore, what's the therefore in reference to? It's in reference to the anger of man does not the work of righteousness of God. In other words, your anger never serves Jesus. Your anger always serves the power of darkness. Bitterness of heart, malice of spirit, never does the will of God. Therefore, having already taken off all moral uncleanness and residue of depravity, in humility you must receive the the engrafted word, the implanted word. So now, let's be very clear. What I'm going to share with you today is primarily for those men and women who have made a decision to utterly leave behind all moral uncleanness, all lying, cheating, stealing, all sexual uncleanness, pornography, fornication, adultery. This is for people who have made the determination, not necessarily have the victory, but those who have heard this broadcast sufficiently that you have made the decision, the Holy Spirit has prompted you and convicted you, and you now have or desire to leave all moral uncleanness behind, and you desire to have the residue of depravity completely removed from your heart, that is, You desire that the carnal nature of man be utterly cut out of your heart and out of your spirit. Now, a person who gives themselves to the divine owner, if you have said, Jesus, I will serve you, I belong to you. Jesus comes and takes possession of your life. And he has a twofold objective. The first is intense cultivation of your heart and of your life. As it speaks about in John, the 15th chapter, I am the vine. This is John 15. I am the vine, the true one, and my father is the vine dresser. 
every branch in me not bearing fruit, he cuts it off. And every branch bearing fruit, he always prunes it that it may bear more fruit. In other words, if you are not in obedience to Jesus Christ, God the Father will come at some point and cut you off and cast you out of the kingdom of God. If, on the other hand, you are sincere about allowing Jesus Christ full control over your life, then you will be cut again. There is no escaping the cut. The question is whether that knife of the Father cuts you out of Jesus and off from Jesus and casts you out to be burned. Now, I know there are many who believe that once you are in Jesus, you can never be cut off or cut out, that you are eternally saved. That's wishful thinking, and it's false teaching. A reading of just the simple passage of John 15 carefully will tell you that that is a lie. A person can be in Jesus and not produce the fruit of righteousness by repentance, by confessing Jesus. You are brought into Jesus Christ through through the gateway of repentance. But then what happens is of utmost importance. You cannot simply go and live your life with a smattering of Jesus spray-painted over your life and over your heart. You can't do that. The Father will come and cut you off. He will cut you out. Or on the other hand, if you are serious about following Jesus, he is going to prune you. He is going to begin to do what is necessary that you can be very fruitful for Jesus. Now, as he comes to begin to work on your life, because it is the Father who comes by the power of the Spirit, the power of the blood of Jesus, he comes and he begins to cut away the garbage from your heart. The first acre he is going to plow, the first acre that he is going to put under fresh cultivation, is your prayer life. I share that out of my own personal experience. It is not until you begin to spend that hour a day watching and praying that the Father will even become serious about you as a Christian. Many today feel that they can go on about their life, they can pursue their goals, they can do what they would like to do, and they're saved. Well, they may have been brought into Jesus Christ, but they will not be allowed to remain if the prayer life is not put under serious cultivation, plowing, harrowing, disking, planting. Now, Pastor James deals with this in his own way, beginning in James, the first chapter, 
verse 22. Now you must be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, this one is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Now he observed himself and has gone away and immediately forgot what he was like. But the one having looked into the perfect law, the one of liberty, and having continued, this one is not becoming a forgetful hearer, but a doer of work. This one will be blessed in his doing. Now, we need to consider this very carefully. This morning, I stood before the mirror, and I saw that my hair was a mess. Now, I could have just walked away from the mirror, and my hair would have felt fine. It would have been going every direction possible. That's what happens when you shower and shampoo your hair. At least with my hair, it's going to stand on end. It's going to go every which direction. It's going to look like I'm terrified. But as I stand before the mirror, I know that that hair must be combed. And if necessary, some glue applied to keep it. There is a work that is necessary in our hearts. And that work has been neglected in the American church. That work has been utterly neglected in 99.9% .9 of the Christians in America. We think we're good to go because we know the theology. We know the information. We've taken the introduction classes. We've been to the seminars and the workshops. And we think we're now good to go. But it's when we get into that prayer closet and we begin to cry out to God that God can begin to unveil for us the necessary truth that we could be of service to him and could be metamorphosed into his likeness. Every great man or woman in the Old Testament, certainly, and I believe also in the New, endured a time in the desert. Endured a time of being set apart. Endured a time of refinement. And in the New Testament, we find that that refinement never stopped. It continued with rebuke, 
with direction. To transform that person into the complete likeness of Jesus because when we see him, we must be like him. Now, I've said many times on this broadcast, it takes time to be holy. You are not going to be righteous and you are not going to be holy. You have a short window of time in which to become serious about Jesus. If you do not take an opportunity during that time, you will begin to be hardened by sin and by the world And you will be very religious, but you will not have a humble, tender heart in Jesus that walks in obedience to the commands of the Holy Spirit. As I was in the Lord's presence before coming to do this broadcast, I was much in prayer. And I began to recognize again what is so painful for me to look at, but what is so necessary for me to look at. And that is my utter immaturity as a as a man given to Jesus Christ. And what is the cause of that immaturity in my life? Well, that immaturity is caused by my taking the truths of God and running with them and trying to accomplish something for God. To be fruitful. But God is not looking for me to do something for him. He is primarily concerned with who I am as a person. And can I reach the throne of God by way of the atoning blood of Jesus? Can I reach the throne of God from the prayer closet to effect a change in the physical realm? A man's life in Christ must be evaluated by his ability to pray and have God answer that prayer by changing what's happening in the physical realm. A man's strength as a Christian is not judged by how well he can preach or teach or how many people he can bring to Jesus. Because in reality, we cannot bring anyone to Jesus. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is not a work of the flesh. And so as I come to this broadcast, if my words are not coming out of the Scriptures, if my words are not truthful to the way of the cross, if my words are not empowered by the Holy Spirit out of my prayer closet, they will have no impact in your life.
I recently had a birthday. And a person in our fellowship wrote to me, Happy birthday, my brother and my friend. Thank you for teaching me by your actions more than anything else what it looks like to follow Jesus. I praise God for that testimony. For I know it is not with my words that I can cause you to follow Jesus. It is a work of the Holy Spirit that flows out of the day-by-day life of the Christian. It is the work of the Holy Spirit as he impregnates us with the word of God that he engrafts into us, that transforms us and saves our souls. I literally sat before the Lord with tears, recognizing my own shallowness before God and my great lack of prayer. My prayer life lacks so much because I have been often willful in my prayer life asking God to do what I thought I needed him to do for me. Asking God to do this or that in the work of ministry. Asking God to provide this or that that was necessary. I have been immature and not adequate in my crying out for the will of God to be accomplished and then waiting on him in the prayer closet to have that will revealed to my heart so that I could then come in full agreement with the Lord regarding what he wants to accomplish in your life. That I am simply to be a conduit pipeline from heaven to you. And often my own my own ideas and my own will have blocked that flow of the Holy Spirit so the words have not been quickened with his power. And for this, I just simply sat before the Lord and wept today. See, there's absolutely no room for self-sufficiency or pride in the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no room in my life for my will. It has to be God's will. I have no ability to bind the strong man and steal anything from him. I can sing the songs, I can I can say what I want to say, I can make every positive confession in the world. I have no power. My words do not create. My words have no power. 
unless they are words of the Holy Spirit, unless they are words of the Father. Do you understand? We are called into the prayer closet to intercede for people. I'm called into the prayer closet to intercede for you, particularly the self-righteous ones of you who think you're just fine. All you have to do to go to heaven is continue doing what you're doing. Do you have Pentecost power? Can you heal the sick? Can you raise the dead? Do your words bring conviction to the lost and the dying so they begin to weep and confess their sin before you? Then don't begin to imagine that you have the power of God. There is no room for spiritual pride for any of us who are Americans. We have been so entitled. We have been so privileged. We have been so blessed with an abundance of finances and stuff. But we have been so derelict in our duty to pray. It takes time in sitting before the Lord before he will begin to speak to our hearts. There is so much garbage between our hearts and God. There's so much distance between our hearts and God's heart that we cannot simply think because we've heard the sermons and read the scriptures that now we're good to go. Don't believe that lie. It's very clear in John 15 that there are two classes of people in Christ. Those who will produce the fruit and those who will not produce the fruit. The fruit of righteousness. The fruit of humility. The fruit of obedience. The fruit of being like Jesus. Some of you trust in your Hail Marys or your Our Fathers. So many of you trust in the rituals and you think you're good to go. You're not. There's a lack of love in your heart. There's, there's judgment in your spirit. There's a hard edge about your life. You're not good to go. You're in trouble with Jesus. Because at some point, the Father is going to cut those out of Jesus who do not produce the fruit of humility. Without the fruit of humility, there is there's no possibility for you to be a representative of Jesus. Some of you consider yourselves to be evangelists or ministers or pastors, or elders, or deacons, or deaconesses. You consider yourself to be important because you're on the vestry, 
or you're on the finance committee at a church, or you're successful in business, the Lord's not going to look at any of that. He's going to ask, do you have a humble heart? Is the Lord your strength? Is the Lord your strength? Or do you trust in the flesh? The only way you can look into the mirror is in the prayer closet. It is when you look into the mirror of Jesus, he is the perfect law. He is the law of liberty. If you do not look into Jesus, you can fool yourself into thinking that you are on track. Would I pray for you is a great upwelling of need and conviction that will cause you to go to the prayer closet and begin to deal honestly with Jesus about all of those things the Holy Spirit has whispered to you and you have blown off. You must become a doer of the work, the work of righteousness, the work of innocence. the work of righteousness, the work of holiness, of purity of heart, the work of humility. It takes time to be holy. And you must understand that the Lord God must become our rock He must become our fortress. He must become our deliverer. Your intellectual understanding, your church, your rituals, your success must never become your rock and your fortress, and your credit cards must never be your deliverer. You're not going to learn this until you go to the prayer closet. Now, I'll tell you out of my own experience that when you go to the prayer closet, your mind will wander. You'll be bored because your mind is filled with the things of this world. You're going to have to just take the time to wait before God and read the word and wait before God and ask him to open your heart. Ask him to uncover your sin. 
Jesus said, could you not wait and watch one hour? You need to be spending that minimum of one hour in the presence of God. And I can tell you today, my brother, my sister, if I spent only an hour a day in communion with the Father and with Jesus, I would dry up and blow away. I could not survive on an hour a day. It takes me much more than that. But I'm saying a minimum of one hour a day. Well, Pastor, I just don't have time. Do you have time to go to heaven? Do you have time to miss hell? It's going to take time to go to heaven. It's going to take time to be holy. It's going to take time to know Jesus Christ. You're going to have to spend that time or you will never know him and you will never produce the fruit of righteousness, and the day will come when you will be cut away from Jesus and cast into the fire. I don't want that to happen to you or to me. And so I spend much time praying for you. Some people have tried to tell me what not to pray for for them. And when I hear that, that's the very thing I'm going to pray for them. Oh, pastor, don't pray that Jesus blocks up my way. Oh, Jesus, block up their way. Don't let them go down that road of sin and darkness and defilement. Don't let them go to that evil desire in their heart. Stop them. Stop them. That's what I pray. You need to understand that it takes time to be holy. It takes a humbling of our hearts before Almighty God. Anything of value, anything of worth, comes as a gift from God. That's what James says. All good gifts come down from the Father above. The gift of righteousness comes as a gift. The gift of humility comes as a gift. The gift of understanding is a gift from God. The gift of power in the Word is a gift of God. It's not by being erudite in the Greek and the Hebrew. It is a gift from the Spirit of God. What is it that you really want? Can I ask you that, please? Do you just want to be left alone so you can do your deal and hope that someday you get to go to heaven? Then you're listening to the wrong preacher. For I have no cheap and easy way for you to get to heaven. The road to heaven is expensive. It will cost you everything. Especially it will cost you time. It will cost you tears. 
it will cost you a breaking of all pride and self-sufficiency. It will cost you everything. It will cost you your money. It will cost you everything. Are you on your way to heaven? Or are you on your way to hell? Now I apologize. I'd like to continue teaching. But I have another issue that I need to deal with you about. The giving in the last week and a half has dramatically stopped. I think we've only received one gift of $25 in the last week and a half. And that means that we are still short for this month $1,130 after all of the pledges that are out still come in. We are short $1,130. That amount must be covered for me to be able to continue next month. I would like to teach next week and not take time to do offertories. That's going to depend on the giving that occurs in the next several days. We're $1,130 short of covering this month's radio cost. All that you give goes completely to cover the cost of radio. And I thank those who have already given. Again, we're pushing toward $4,000 for the month. And we're only short 1130 But it's going to take some real sacrifice to make this up because many of you have already given. So please, if this broadcast is necessary for your heart and your salvation, if you are encouraged by it and you find direction, if you are taught by the words that are spoken, will you respond to the Holy Spirit's call to give sacrificially so that we don't need to take time next week for offertory days. Write to me, Pastor Ray Greenley. Let me give you the address. It's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, the address that you could send your tithe or your gift to if you are being prompted by the Holy Spirit to give this month. It is to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And again, we are short this month 
$130 for the payment to WAVA. And all that you give will go to cover that payment. I was very grateful we started this month with already some left over from last month. But we are still short $1,130. I invite you to respond as the Holy Spirit calls you. And to those of you who have already given, I am so grateful. I cannot do this radio broadcast without the Holy Spirit moving in your heart to give. He is our provider. And always in the church, the work of the gospel should be carried by those who are ministered to with their tithes and their offerings. I don't believe in doing the sale of books and CDs and other things to encourage you to give. The word, the preaching of the word is worth everything. If it has been for you, then would you respond today? Now I'm going to open the telephone lines. If you would like to call, we have time for several quick calls. If you'd like to respond to this message that I've shared today and yesterday, you're welcome to call. The lines are wide open. The phone number is 877-534-0780. Again, that phone number for the studio, if you'd like to call, I'm happy to talk with you or pray with you today. It's 877-534-0780. And God bless you as, you as you consider whether you need to be prayed for today. You know, I'm so clear in my heart, my brother, my sister, that I don't want anything holding me back from making that journey to heaven that John Bunyan speaks about in Pilgrim's Progress. And today you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. There is such a work of God that I am desirous of his doing in my heart and in yours. I am not satisfied with my spiritual condition or my prayer life. I am hungry for much, much more. I love Jesus. And I believe that many of you would say with me, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And now we must be doers of the word. We must spend the time necessary in the prayer closet without excuses to both read the word and to pray. 
we must take that time and be a doer of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Verse 25, But the one having looked into the perfect law, the one of liberty, and having continued, that is, continued to look into that perfect law, and Jesus is that perfect law, continuing to look into the face of Jesus, not in a sentimental way, but in a way that says, Jesus, unveil my heart. Teach me the way of the cross. This one who is looking into the perfect law, into Jesus, this one is not becoming a forgetful hearer, but a doer of work. This one will be blessed in his doing. The great work that you must do today is the work of humbling your heart before God, of taking the time to be holy. The great work that you must do today is in the prayer closet. One dear brother said last night in our prayer meeting, I thought he'd had such wisdom. He said it's like a preacher who preaches too long. I think he was saying, I preached too long. But he was saying, it's like a preacher preaching too long. And then after the preacher continues preaching, finally your heart begins to break. You want to escape from the, from the conviction, but finally your heart begins to break. And then you can pray. When you're in the prayer closet, when you want to leave the prayer closet, that's the time to stay there. You feel like you've finished and God has heard you. No, stay there. You need to hear from God. We've got to take the time to be holy. We've got to take the time to seek after Jesus with all of our heart and and we will find him. I'm not content with cheap and shallow faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not interested in what he can do for me. I'm interested in what his will is. I'm interested in what Jesus wants to do for the kingdom of heaven, to save men and women. I'm interested in what Jesus wants to do in your life. So I must spend that time in the prayer closet. That's where I must prepare to come and speak to you so that I come with it being poured out from the throne of God, hot, alive, and come and pour that out for you. And you must do the same where you work, with your family. There's no room for pride. There's no room for pride. Oh, Lord, I have been faithful in speaking the word that you put upon my heart. Would you cause it to bear the fruit of righteousness? 
the fruit of humility, the fruit of prayer. Thank you, Lord. I look to you, Jesus, the perfect law of liberty. And I pray in your name. Amen. I invite you to go to our webpage. Many new things are there for you. Brother Ed, who handles that for us, is doing a magnificent job. Go look at the new material he's posted. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. This video is available on YouTube, and it will be posted tonight on our webpage. Share it with a friend. Forward it on Facebook or whatever social media you're on. Invite people to listen to the Word of God. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. In Jesus. I'll talk to you soon.